0: Hello from the members of Royce City Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're blessed by this message today. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. You can learn more about our worship options, locations, and how to get plugged into the life of our church by visiting our website, RoyceCityMethodist.life. Today, we hear from our senior pastor, Rev. Chris Verson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. So one quick uh, editorial comment about the Sermon Slide. Uh, The scripture is not Matthew 33. If you try to find Matthew 33, you will not be able to find Matthew 33 because there is no Matthew 33. This is my fault. I, I did not do a good job of proofreading when I sent stuff in to go up on the screen. But the scripture is Matthew 13. Verses 31 through 33. So the 33 is in there somewhere, correctly, but not not the chapter. So that that is on me and not anybody else. So uh, early service today, I uh, was starting the sermon and everything, and I was mentioning the scripture, and I hear all this laughing happening over on this side of the sanctuary, and I'm like, going, what is going on? They're just being so rude, and they're never that rude. Well, it's because the pastor got the scripture wrong. So, but anyhow, so now you know. It's Matthew 13, not Matthew 33. So we started a series uh, a couple weeks ago uh, before I got sick, and we were talking about being alive and and how one of the things that I am extremely grateful for that we are not a dead congregation. Sometimes that's easy to happen. Especially it's easy to happen when you have a, a, a building as beautiful as this building. Uh, I've, I've uh, had the chance to go to Israel and visit a lot of the uh, churches that are placed at specific historical sites or religious sites around Israel. I've also went to uh, Paris when I was in seminary uh, on a way to Taizé, France to uh, to worship there for a week and to do one of my seminary classes. And I remember specifically in Paris... Um, we had uh, the day before and the day after our time at Taizé to explore the city. So, of course, normally we explored some of the churches there in, in Paris. And one of the churches that we explored was uh, the Notre Dame Cathedral. And I, I've always wanted to see that and I'm thankful that I've had the, the chance to see it. But one other thing that I noticed, now, I, I know the time that we were there wasn't a Sunday morning, so it wasn't during worship. And who knew, I don't know if they have worship there or not. I think they do. But the thing that I remembered, it was so quiet, it was so still, it did not seem like we were in a church at all. It seemed like and felt like that we were in a historical monument, which we were. A- and the church aspect of it wasn't really important, but the fact that we were in this beautiful historic building, that is what matters and I think that's what happens when our faith no longer is alive I think that's what happens when when we, we stop thinking about how Christ calls us to be alive in the world around us and, and and we fail to do so that's why I wanted to do this series called alive because I tell you when, when, I, when I talk about Christ being alive in me I get excited. I get excited because I know that, that, that he's working in and through me. And he is allowing me to grow in my faith so that I can then share that faith with others. And that's something that our church is doing. As we continue to grow and as we continue to move forward, we are finding ways that we can be alive sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with others, partly because we're the body of Christ, and partly because what we are talking about today being a part of the, this kingdom yeast that grows in and through us. So I invite you to go to God in prayer with me as we prepare for our word today. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for making us alive, for sharing with us your love and your grace. So that we may be changed and so that we may live our lives full of, of your grace and your love. So that we may serve together as the body of Christ to be renewed and rooted in you. So God, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. <coughs> so one of the things that I like to do, and, and it's partly mainly because of your generosity, is that I love to take opportunities to go and explore and grow in my own faith. And I've shared with you over the past 18 months, I did this called uh, thing called the School of Kingdom Living. And what the School of Kingdom Living was, it was an opportunity for me to uh, study under uh, the, the teachings of a gentleman by the name of Dallas Willard and, and people who actually taught with him. And I would go for uh, four times during the 18 months to to have this intensive, long work week where I would sit there and lecture and hear lectures and study uh, during the time together. And then I would come back and I would read these books, these, these thick theological books that I just loved it. But, but one of the things that I loved about this opportunity is that we had chances to learn other things too. Like one of the things, uh, they, they had somebody that did a painting class. So during our little break time, I sketched together something that now is hanging up in Tracy's office. So I feel like a little kid again, giving my wife something for her to put up in her office. But the, the other thing that happened is that we had a gentleman from, uh, from, uh, from Alaska his name was Eric, and, and he had this uh, massive uh, meat business and fish business up in Alaska, and and he was like a gourmet cook. Anything and everything that he made was just amazing, and he would take one of our meals, and, and he would just cook everything. He would have it all shipped down from Alaska, and it was so, so good. But one of the things that Eric did was that he made bread, a- and the bread was just to die for. I absolutely loved it. And the very last uh, residency that we had, Eric said, H- would anybody like for me to teach them how I make my bread? And a bunch of us said, absolutely, yeah. So we, we gathered in the kitchen during our little break time and, and Eric taught us how to make bread. And there were a couple things that I, I learned about making bread. Number one, it's not as complicated as you might think it might be. And number two, it, it is so cheap to make your own bread. And you have to make sure that you have the right ingredients and the right measurements in order to do so. (coughs) The right measurements came later whenever I tried to do on my own and I tried to do what Eric did and just kind of guess what to put in the bowl and everything. But so I've been making bread. I got a picture here of uh, some of the bread making that I've done. You got the picture of the bread making. Yeah, so uh, this was on Friday. I, I put together a nice little ball of dough and in that dough was the flour, was the water, was uh, salt, and, and yeast. And then I covered it up and walked away for a little while. And And I wish this picture had a better representation of what it looked like to me. But when, when I walked away and I let the dough rise because of the yeast in the dough, it, it, it like, took up the entire bowl. And, and I was just so amazed at how much, over a span of 20 minutes or so, the, the bread, it just started to rise like crazy. So I punched it down and let it rise again, and then I put it in the refrigerator so it can stay overnight and everything. But while I did that, and then while I was baking it, I got to see it rise again. And it was so amazing to see all of this process put together. And I was starting to think about our scripture for today and the sermon for today. And I wanted us to fully understand how we can be like that, how, how we can allow what God has for us to rise in us so that we can be a visible picture of God's love and grace for the world around us. So our scripture for the day is from Matthew chapter 13, not Matthew 33, Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 through 33. I invite you to follow along in your Bibles now that you can find it, since so you have the right Uh, No right number for it, or you can follow along with the words that we have up on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. (coughs) Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches, He told him still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the main point of today's message is about the yeast, about the yeast that the woman mixed within of uh, a flower, and, and it works perfectly with our Alive series. But I wanted to add just a little bit more besides the yeast and talk about the mustard seed, too. I found uh, these couple of pictures. One is a picture of a gentleman holding a mustard seed, and the other one is somebody holding a bunch of yeast in their hand. And And I looked at that, and I was like, man, that is so tiny. That That is so small, something so minuscule that that Jesus was even able to to notice it and he was able to use it to share some important truths about the kingdom of God. Because we know that it doesn't stay like that. It it, it transforms as it grows and it transforms into this picture right here. The picture on the left is a mustard tree, which is in Israel, and if you hear... Remember the parable, Jesus says that all of the birds of the air would come and rest in this mustard tree. I'm sure Jesus and the disciples, sometimes whenever they were out walking around and needed to rest, they would rest underneath this mustard tree because it it cast such a large shadow and it gave them the opportunity to rest underneath it. And then, of course, you know, we all know what a loaf of bread looks like. It's a lot better than what the picture that Wanda had of her her loaves of bread. But we, we know that the yeast grows and, and it expands the dough in order for it to, to really take over and, and to be used in our, our, our cooking and in our meals. And looking at the comparison of these things, it shows that Jesus was able to talk about really, really small things and also to see how those small things grow into something bigger But when I first started thinking about preaching on the parable of the yeast, I realized that there was a problem. Wanda kind of alluded to that problem during her young disciples' time, and that problem is that a lot of the times that we hear about yeast in scriptures, it's not a good thing. It it talks about the sin that we have in our lives. I was looking and saw that yeast or leaven is mentioned 22 times in the Old Testament, and it's mentioned about 17 times in the New Testament. Now, we're probably more familiar with the yeast and leaven being talked about in the Old Testament when we look at the Israelites escaping Egypt and going to the Promised Land. This was something that God commanded the Israelites to do to to get rid of this leaven and yeast so, so that the food might be able to travel a whole lot easier. But it's also a reminder of what they were leaving behind in order to fully grasp the promise that God had for them in the promised land. It was so important that, that God even commanded them in Exodus chapter 12, verse 15, that if they rem- did not remove the leaven from the bread, then they would be cut a- aside from the rest of the community. It was so important for, for them to understand that God gave them this command so that they could remember to, to leave their past behind and walk forward into the future that God had for them in the promised land. When we move into the New Testament, especially the Gospels, we see that leaven and yeast is talked about four different times, or there are four different occasions where the the four Gospels talk about the importance of, of removing leaven from our lives. Three of them were negative and one is positive. And here's a list of those negative uh, connotations about leaven. First one is Matthew 16, verses 6 through 12. Jesus is comparing this leaven to false teaching, that, that we needed to, to push away from us so that we, we didn't follow this false teaching. In, in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus talked about the the leaven or the yeast that came from King Herod and and his evil plans and all that he did that was wrong. And it was reminding them that they don't want to be like Herod, but they should live their life without the trappings that Herod lived in. And then the third one is when Jesus was talking about the hypocrisy of the pharisees in, in luke chapter 12 verse 1 He was saying look that, that they have their lives full of sin but but they will tell you exactly how you should live but they're not going to live that way it's kind of like something we would say to our kids when they were growing up do what i say not what i do you now we've all probably had that guilty thing that we've done here or there where we want to make sure that our kids don't fall into the same things we do, but we'll just continue to go ahead and do that. That's what Jesus was warning about with the Pharisees, that they were living their lives in a way that wasn't full of kingdom living, but they were living their own way, but they wanted to make sure everybody else followed those rules to a T. Now, it's very important that we address the, this nature of sin and how easy it is to spread around us. It is so important that, that we know that we have to watch what we place inside of ourselves, with our, in our minds, in our hearts, even in our bodies that can do damage, that can hurt us, that, that can make us, because it will grow. It, it will spread and if we have our lives full of those things then we cannot receive the joy that God has for us. Paul even talked about this in Galatians chapter 5 verse 9 when he's calling out non-kingdom behavior by saying, you know, even even just a little bit will will, will take over the whole batch. Even just a little bit of of, of immoral behavior or, or, or non-kingdom behavior can, can turn the whole thing wrong. But see, this is what I love about Jesus. Jesus takes the opportunity to take something that we can look at as being absolutely horrible or absolutely wrong, but then he could put a, a spin on it to give it a positive approach. And the one spin that Jesus puts on this is that when he talks about yeast, he calls it something specific. He says the yeast that is mixed into the dough is the kingdom of heaven. Now just think about that. Just think about what a difference in our lives if we started to think about yeast like that instead of, of the sin that is in our lives. What if we were to think, as as Wanda asked that last question, what do you think it is that God wants to plant inside of us so that it grows? And the kids gave great answers. Love of God, love of others. Those are the things that, that God wants to plant inside of us so that the kingdom of God can grow in and through us so that others may see God's love in us. <clears throat> so how does kingdom yeast work? Well, we know that kingdom yeast works best when it starts out small and then and then it increases. That's how it is with our hearts too. Sometimes we have to do small things in order for us to grow into bigger things. It moves people to seek forgiveness from sisters and brothers. One of Jesus' teachings is that if you have wronged a sister or a brother before you come and you, you lay your offering down at the altar, that you go and you seek forgiveness from those that you have wronged. Having something small but increased happens when we take the opportunity to go the extra mile. To, to, to look at somebody and say, how, how can I bless them today? How, how can I allow what, what God has given me to be a blessing to somebody else? Not, not force ourselves on somebody, but to say, you know, God has blessed me with something that I could share with somebody else that I need to, to gracefully give that to someone so they can experience God's love in their lives. It empowers people to pray for and even seek what is best for their enemies. And I don't know about you, but I think now as I watch the news and as I hear what's going on in the world around us, we need more people praying and seeking the good for those people that we disagree with. We need more people seeking to try to understand what is going on in somebody else's life so that we can seek how to best serve those around us. And when we do all of that, it will help strengthen relationships and it will build our society in a way where, where God gets all the glory, God gets all of the, the joy, and God gets all from our lives so others may experience Christ in us. I think it also reminds us that when we experience this kingdom yeast, it, it exerts influence from within and not from without. I know there have been times that I've tried, even with our kids or maybe somebody that I love, to to change their behavior or change how they do things. And you know what? That never works. We cannot change how somebody else thinks, acts, or believes. But I can change how I believe. I can change how I think. I can change how I can interact with somebody else that is around me. Me It reminds me of that song that we used to sing. "Change my heart, O oh God, make it ever true. Change my heart, O oh God, let me be like you. Because you are the potter, I am the clay. mold me and make me. This is what I pray. See, see when we understand that that Jesus plants that kingdom yeast inside of us, so that we can be changed inside, so that others may experience that change in our lives. And then finally, even though it works slowly and secretly, it is evidently at work. <clears throat> I don't like things happening at a slow pace. I like things moving quickly, and and I like seeing change happen quickly. I like making sure that that things are happening at a quick pace so that we can keep moving and keep going. But that's not how the church works. That's not how our lives work. We may have some incremental change that happens quickly, but we know that things really change at a slower pace than we may like for that to happen. And I know as I have been your pastor for a while, I have seen monumental change happen at slower paces than uh, I, I would like to fully admit, but I still love seeing that change happen. This morning I was uh, walking around praying over the sanctuary before the 830 service. And over here we have this uh, crooked house that we call, it's this greenhouse house with a red roof on it, and as I was walking by, I noticed that there was something sticking inside of the slot that people place money in for uh, birthdays or or kids like to put their offerings over there. And I went over and I opened up the door and I I pulled out and it was this envelope. And on the back of the envelope, it said from, and I still, I've tried to look at it, I still cannot read the name of the, the, the kid who put the envelope there. And I opened it up expecting to see maybe like a quarter or maybe a dollar. But I didn't see any of that. I saw like a, 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 a Kleenex. And the Kleenex was folded up inside of there. And I started to open up the Kleenex. And I'm glad that there wasn't a booger in there or anything. But <coughs> inside the Kleenex, there was a little note. And the note said, God, I belong to you. And that just just, just touched my heart this morning when I saw that. See, that is the incremental change that we're talking about. That is what happens when, when kingdom yeast becomes a part of who we are as a congregation. Even our little ones understand that they want to become a part of who God is that they want Jesus to be a part of their lives so that they can grow in their faith and allow their faith to to make a difference in the world around them. That's why we come to this table. Once a month we come to this table to break the bread and the the drink from the cup. And when we break the bread and when we drink the cup, we are saying, God, I am ready to change. I, I am ready for you to take Uh, the kingdom of God and plant it inside of my life so that I am different than I was before. I want your love and grace to be a part of all that I do so that you may receive the glory and praise and that I may live my life as an offering for you. My hope and my prayer is that as we continue to move through this series and as we come to this table, we open up our hands and say, God, I want to become alive in you so that others may see you in me. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for this gift of bread and cup. And as we partake of this communion, remind us that you came to give us life and life abundantly. Remind us that you have, are, you have planted this idea of the kingdom of heaven in, inside of us so that we may live it out to those around us. May this time of communion strengthen us so that we may be bold disciples of yours and live in your love and grace. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.